This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. We are reading from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received the, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is the bosom, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. This is the Gospel of our Lord. This passage from the Gospel of St. John is almost always the Gospel passage on the first Sunday after Christmas Day. It may not look much like a Christmas passage, but when you look at it, it certainly is. The first thing John does is establish for us who this Jesus is. He wasn't created in Mary's womb. He wasn't a clever addition to God's heavenly party. John tells us right away that Jesus, the living Word, has been around forever, eternally coexistent with the Father and the Holy Spirit. He's the Word, the living Word, and not only that, He's the Creator, too. So Jesus is the Creator. So let's look at what we have so far. Jesus has been around from eternity past. Yes, He's the Word, but we know now know that Jesus, according to verse 3, is the Creator as well. <clears throat> In this Jesus is life. Through Him we have life, an amazing life now, and an even greater life in heaven. He's also the light. With Jesus we have someone who is able to light our path and give us hope and optimism when all seems dark and gloomy. But He also does something else. This light confounds all the works of darkness committed by the adversary. The enemy just doesn't get it. Yes, the devil knows the power of God, the power of Christ. But there's a disconnect going on there. 
while the devil revels in the darkness, he can't understand why all of those folks like us, those who follow Jesus, can still have hope in our hearts when the whole world looks like it's going down the tubes. He just doesn't get that part. So folks, let's let our light shine brightly so we can confound the adversary all the more. Now, John the Apostle turns to John the Baptist. What do we know about John the Baptist? Well, first of all, verse 6, it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. What we do know is that John the Baptist's birth and coming were prophesied by Isaiah and Malachi. We know that John the Baptist was a man of God. John the Baptist's only desire was to live a life that pleased God. Well, did he do that? I would say so. He testified constantly about the coming of Messiah Jesus. He bore witness to the light of the world. His mission was to get people to believe in Jesus. And we read in his story the fact that even though he was popular in his time, he declined to take any glory. He readily testified that he was not the promised Messiah, but the one who was sent to prepare the way. From the texts, we can be sure that John the Baptist confused the religious authorities of his day. They would all say things like, Well, what are we going to tell the people who sent us to check up on you? And John the Baptist would always answer, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, and after me is coming a man whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. My guess is that the scribes and Pharisees left just as confused as they were when they got there. Still, we have to say John the Baptist succeeded in his mission. Now John the Apostle goes back to talking about Jesus. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. <clears throat> so Jesus came into the world, a world that he had made, but that world didn't know him. What we have to think about here is that how heartbroken the Lord must have been to see that the world he made didn't want to acknowledge him as the maker. Not only that, he came to the Jews, the Lord's chosen people, and they didn't welcome him with open arms. Many of the common folk followed him around, but they did so, as we read in John chapter 6, so they could see the show and the miracles. They liked to be entertained, but as Jesus himself said, You're not coming out to see me so you can believe. You're coming to see me because I gave you enough food to fill your stomachs. In fact, when push came to shove, his own people, the Jews, cried out and demanded his crucifixion. However, for those who did recognize him or believe in him, the story was quite different. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. If they believed in him, he gave them the right and opportunity to be children of God. John gives us some sophisticated theology here as well. 
He tells us that when the people trusted in Jesus as their Messiah and Rescuer, Jesus changed their status. Those people were no longer children of wrath, facing a dismal eternity. Those folks were brought into the family of God. They were given life. Their existence became far better because they were born of God. They have life in His name. They're no longer slugging it out in the world of the flesh. They're walking with God, comforted to know that they have an eternal home in heaven forever. Now, this is a great truth. Before we came to Christ, we were children of wrath. We were set for judgment. We were going to face death for all eternity. But trusting in Christ alone changes that. We become children of God, blessed, favored, and who have a new future, one that's not at all scary, but one that is filled with the hope of the Lord's glory. Now here's some more sound theology, if you will. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of Him and cried out, saying, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for He was before me. If we didn't get it before, John the Apostle repeats the facts again. Jesus, the eternal Word, became flesh. He lived among us. And this is the Christmas part. Jesus came down and was God incarnate. He was born into our world, a world of dust, a world of sweat, toil, and sometimes discomfort. He came and, as the passage says, pitched his tent on this earth for a while. Now, John tells us that on that mountain, he and the other inner circle apostles beheld Jesus' refulgent glory. They saw the transfiguration. That's what John is describing here when he says, we have beheld his glory. And then John reminds us that the glory he saw was the glory that only God the Son could show us. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Next, John the Apostle reminds us that John the Baptist cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. John the Apostle concludes by saying that we have received blessing from his fullness. When we come to Christ, we receive the greatest blessing, the wholeness of having the living word living on the inside of us by his Holy Spirit. And then John has to remind us that we believe by faith because we have the written testimony of Jesus by his apostles. We believe because we have received the words that he spoke. And he spoke to us because he came into the world to live with us. And we celebrate his birth because... It's a remarkable miracle that our God would love us enough to come down and live with us on this hot, confusing, violent planet. So, is this passage a Christmas passage? You bet it is. Because every year at this time we celebrate the Word becoming flesh and living among us. 
So let's put our trust in Him and receive and walk fully in that life that only He can give. Our great, mighty, and awesome God, we come to you and we pray. We ask you, Lord, right now to purify our hearts, to make us one with you, a holy and righteous body that can do great and mighty things in your name and be used for your work of transforming this culture into what you want it to be and what you know it can be. Lord, we pray you will use us right now, but at the same time, Lord, purify us. Make us holy. Bring to our minds those things we need to wrestle with and deal with so we can confess and repent and be healed and delivered from those things that have hindered our growth and that mar and hinder our lives from being all that you want them to be. And we pray right now, Lord, pour out your Spirit upon us and may your glory be seen here in this church and in your church across the land, and in your church around the world, Lord, we pray that your name will be glorified and magnified and honored and worshipped and held as holy, Lord. And we pray these things, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.Podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living.